Broadcasting from Fairfax, Virginia, you are now tuned in to the Highlight Cast with your hosts, Adam McNair and Kevin Long. And welcome to another episode of the Highlight Cast. I am Adam McNair from Highlight, joined by Kevin Long and Victoria Robinson. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? You know, do, doing great things. How about Victoria? you, Victoria? Yeah, how's, how's the West Coast? I'm doing well. It's nice and sunny today. It was gloomy yesterday, so we're back to sunshine. Yeah, you guys got your one gloomy day out of the way for the year. Yeah, so got our one cold, gloomy day out of the way. It's good to know that you got that behind you. <laughs> All right, well, glad to uh, to get back to have another episode here. And I know the topic that we wanted to talk about is uh, we are right at a little after a year as yeah. to the the pandemic and. You know, Victoria, so it seems like – have you seen a lot online, I guess? Is this what a lot of companies are doing now? There's kind of like a year retrospective. Is that Was that your, your thought process? Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter around LinkedIn and just every social media platform I've been on about people reflecting and looking back on what's changed and what's happened in the last year, whether it be organizational changes based on COVID or, you know, the mass change to work from home. So I thought it would be a fun chat for everyone to come on and just talk about what what's happened in the last year to add highlight. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it makes it- – it's a good thing to talk about. It's an interesting 13 months here, and certainly things are very, very different. I mean, I, I think we have adjusted to how we run the business and how we work and everything now, but it's really different from where we were. Never saw a business change so fast. Like, worldwide, put a cleat in the ground and turn left. I mean, it was crazy the speed and difference absolutely i mean the things that we used to have conversations about like conference rooms being overbooked yep or commute time to be able to get into uh the office or or go to go to somebody else's office the amount of time and apps that i had for parking in dc right the amount of time that I spent booking travel and deconflicting my schedule, not just work, but personal, because, you know, oh, by the way, on Thursday, I have to go to St. Louis or Boston or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you had to move stuff around. It that just doesn't it just doesn't exist. Nope. Well, not as much. We still have some on-site commute questions that, that we're that we're challenged with, but I'll tell you, far less than I've ever seen before. Even in you know classified programs, sitting around saying, "What can we do?" Just straight unclassified with people working from home on contractor issued laptops. I mean, it's. It's 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 crazy. I never thought I would see some. I, I never thought I'd see the intelligence agencies uh, uh, opening up uh, 
figuring out how much work they do that is unclassified and, and able to do that. It's yeah, and shocking. I. I know. I, I watched my father over his career. Uh, he worked at, at GSA for a, a big part of it, and they were some of the f- kind of front runners in government of both alternate work schedule where you'd work nine days and get a day off. Uh, they also pushed forward a lot on teleworking. Um, they they went to soft phones integrated into laptops. Oh, wow. So as he was – his last several years that he was there, he was constantly teleworking. And I had never had a telework job at all anywhere. Ever. And ever. I mean yeah. the extent of my teleworking was, you know, if somebody was here to work on, you know, the air conditioner, you'd, you'd work from home for a day. When you're working proposals and things like that, you worked from home in the evenings and weekends yeah, after you'd already been in the office all day. Absolutely. And, and when you went on vacation, you worked from there because you weren't at home. But that was really the extent of of, of teleworking. Um, so, you know, I think Victoria put some thoughts together here here for us that that. I think it's a good layout of of what has happened with kind of the experience over the last you know, thirteen months. Um, Kevin, when you when you first heard that there was, you know, a virus spreading, uh, what at what point did that kind of enter your consciousness? Well, so honestly, uh, March tenth, because I was on travel scheduled from D.C. to Boston for a conference, Boston to St. Louis <laughs> to to meet with, with with customers and then flying back on Friday the 13th when when you called and said, yeah, we're, we're, we're shutting down. Uh, work from home. Let let us know what you need. Um, so that, that's what entered my consciousness. But I mean, honestly, when. It was very low key before that because, you know, it's at State Department. You know, I watched SARS. I watched bird flu. I watched Ebola, you know, all. Oh, all of the news. It's all going to happen. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> right. So I, I was much in the same boat. I I had a, uh, a conference that I went to in New Orleans in early March. And I remember my wife mentioning to me, what about you know, this pandemic thing? And I said, I looked on the map, you know, Johns Hopkins has a map and they don't yep. have it there. It's fine. And that was obviously not correct. No. <laughs> and at the point where I I got back home, you know, I told my wife that they clearly didn't have it there because they don't have a lot of doorknobs in New Orleans. The weather's warm enough that just the, the doors to everything is open or open. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was my uh, theory that, that that would you know keep you safe because that was back when the guidance was that it was on surfaces. Yep. For eight days, eight days on surfaces. And um, and then I remember sitting in the office and we were talking about whether we would telework or not. And there were various people that had some reluctance to shutting down the facility and i'd had a conversation with my wife about you know the idea of shutting the office down or not and you know one of her points was she said look we, you've got people with with kids and when they shut yeah. the schools down you're going to have people that have no ability to have 
any kind of childcare, and this is going to be stressful enough. And you know that that's you always have to remember that that people have a real life that they have to have to worry about. And so as we talked about it, we came to a consensus that um, that week, that Friday in that March 10th kind of time frame, that we were going to go ahead and set, set the office to be, um, you know, re- remote only. And I want to say it was probably a day later that Fairfax County announced that all the schools were officially closed. Yep. And, um, and, and so it I didn't think it was going to be a year. I, no. I certainly didn't think that. Now, Victoria, you were I guess you were still back here on the East Coast at that point. Right. So how, how did that whole awareness process happen to you? Yeah, it was a weird experience. So I remember hearing about. COVID-19 starting to spread overseas at a conference in January. We were in Vegas for a big conference. And at the time we were like, oh, this is just like a thing that's going to stay over there and it won't spread too much and it'll be fine. And then by the time we got back and by the time a couple weeks passed and it just started spreading everywhere and it hit the United States and we we're like, oh, wow, this is starting to affect everyone. And I remember, um, at my previous role, we were considered essential and we could be on site. So we were on site and people were bringing their kids into work and just having them sit in our lobby and play and like do some schoolwork. So it kind of went from a, this is a, this is spreading to this is going to affect us in the office. So we had kids coming in, we had dogs in the office, you know, we had, Every work from home fear of, oh, no, people will have to bring their lives in. People were bringing their lives in with them to the office. So we spent about six weeks of essential where we would be cleaning the office twice a day or um, we'd be wearing masks 24-7 while we were in the office. And then we had kids wandering around. So it was quite the experience. I think once kids started coming into the office, I was like, wow, this is really starting to become way more serious. And we might be seeing this for a couple more weeks. And then about, I think, six weeks. <laughs> we finally went from went back to, to work from home. And that was a weird transition also. We were only in work from home for about two months. And then we went back to the office again. Oh, so... Wow. I definitely had an interesting experience of it going, oh, this is only going to be for a short time. And then we went to home and we were like, oh, this is really going to keep happening. And then we went to it. Oh, this is going to last for a while and we have to figure out how we're going to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember I I, I felt very similar to you because, you know, it was work from home. And so, you know, I was coming back from travel. So, you know, I had my 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 laptop uh, with me. And so it, that's fine. And so, I mean, my house is under perpetual construction. And so I, you know, I was like, that's fine. I'll sit on the sofa. I, I can, I, I can just work there. And I remember it was like, finally, like three or four months in, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to ask IT for a keyboard and mouse <laughs> so that I'm not just type, typing on the laptop itself anymore. Uh, when I, it was, it was that switch to be like, you know, I think we're in this for a little while. So, so, I, I'm I'm not doing makeshift anymore. I'm now I'm now setting up for the for for the the real deal. And you know, got got new desk. Brought in my my monitor from the office. Got the docking station keyboard mouse set up. So it's like so 
I've got the office now here with all the technology and everything. I mean, heck, we're instead of sitting across a table like recording this like we used to, now we're sitting across the the internet like we do, you know, eight hours a day anyway. You know, it's it's it it took a long time for me to make that switch and just see think that it was going to last as long as it has. Yeah, I started laptop the kitchen table and that's gonna be two weeks and um my 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 wife said you should really like set an office up Mm -hmm. i said it's gonna be two weeks it's fine (laughs) just for two weeks not a big deal and she said i don't think it's gonna be just two weeks and so i think like in the middle of the second week where we clearly were not going to come back anytime soon and i had been because i get at the end of the day and I just kind of exhausted. She said, well, that's because you're sitting on a wooden counter height chair right? for, 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 for nine or ten hours. There's a reason uh-huh. people have desks. And um, so I, I, I moved down to a, a room in the basement. And I set up there. And it was very much – that was a room that she had used for crafts and stuff. And so I, I started out with a very kind of low-key – Mm-hmm. Set up. I just have a table down there that I have my laptop on, and then I I had IT drop ship me a couple of monitors so that I could you know you know okay monitors and mouse okay, and because also in the middle of all this it was really really busy. We were doing all the uh, you know the, the ramp up to support mm-hmm. the pandemic that we we do for SBA, and um, that continued for a while, and then after a, a couple of Probably, I think it was probably two months. Um, at some point there, you know, my wife said, "This is going to be a while. Why don't you set up? You know, we have a room upstairs. Why don't you set that up as a real office?" And um, and and I did that. And I like I have a window now, which is nice. Right. Because um, like working in the basement was not a lot of fun. And um, got a desk chair. Got one of those. And so. It's the big thing that I think I had to do to adjust. I had a lot of Wi-Fi issues in the house and I had a lot of sound echoey issues in the house. So I had to um, I upgraded my wireless network as part part of supporting all of that. And I had to go with a kind of a a real microphone in, in the earphone set up because if not it was either external noise or there'd be echoes or or mm-hmm. you're straining to hear or whatever um so i think that was kind of my oh. Oh, big yeah. adjustment it, it, it took it took no time uh like i was still sitting on our sofa typing on our lap on my laptop when my wife was like you're now using enough internet that our you you need to look at a new router modem system. She's not super technical, so she didn't use those words. But the gist was was upgrade the infrastructure in the house so you don't ruin my work too, Kevin. And so we did that, yeah. and 
it's a it's amazing what what new new uh, Wi-Fi hardware will do for you. I have the I have the luck of I was in a one bedroom apartment before I moved out to the West Coast, and I luckily don't have anyone else on conference calls. But I ended up upgrading to a bed a two bedroom apartment just for the fact that I knew that this was yeah. going to keep going for one and two that I was going to be remote, and I was like I'm going to invest in a nicer desk. Right. And I, have a nice office chair. I started the pandemic with probably a $40 desk I got off Facebook Marketplace that I was like, oh, I'll sit here and do two hours of work, maybe, you know, here or there on the weekends. It'll be fine. The, you know, flimsy little chair. And I learned very quickly that that was a very bad investment. Um, yep. And I know there's lots of people battling out there with their uh, significant others going, hey, can I have the the bedroom so I can have my conference call without, you know, hearing you in the background? And Right. That's 100% true. Well, I, I think that my desk is the table we were going to throw away because it had a printer on it in one of the offices <laughs> that I have shut down over the years. I'm not sure if it was a highlight facility or if it was one of the previous facilities I was responsible for, but I remember this table was going in a dumpster, and I remember saying, like, that's not a bad table, and it's real lightweight, so that's the desk that I use. Um but I, I I I get what you're, you know, where you're you're coming from from the the, you get by with all kinds of stuff when you, when teleworking is like a day here or there. But um, so schedule wise, what like Victoria from from where you used to be all day every day, you've done both that, but now you've also gone to the West Coast, which is not a specific COVID impact, but were it not for a pandemic that shifted everything remote here, you know, we'd never really had anybody nationwide on the West Coast that was really truly integrated with the headquarter operation. How has your schedule changed? Well, it's funny because during the pandemic, I'm sure lots of people have pandemic hobbies. My pandemic activity was running before. And then I moved in October. I used to run before work and then start my work day and get through the day. And that was my like sanity check through the day. And then I moved and now I've trained, I've like flipped my work schedule. So now it's, I usually get on between 6.30 and 7, maybe some other early god awful hour. And then, you know, <laughs> now my day has completely flipped where I get off around, you know, four o'clock. And now I have all these hours left over in the day. So it was a weird transition at first, for sure. But now it's kind of this nice, what do I do with the rest of my day? <laughs> now, Kevin, I... Just based on commute alone, yours has to be unbelievably different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, I, I don't wake up at four in the morning anymore <laughs> is, is, is really what it is. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so that's very interesting. I mean, my, my commute has gone like when I would go down to client site uh, at, at Union Station, I mean, it would take me three hours to get there, right? I mean, anytime you do that much, it's a uh, you're doing conference calls and different things like that to, to try and stay busy. But I'll tell you, I mean, it's it's hit my uh, audiobook listening pretty hard. Um, so you know, I don't get nearly as much of that anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I now literally I commute 15, 20 steps. Uh, like yeah, the fact that I have to 
go downstairs to get the coffee is the real is the real killer uh, for it. But it's um, in terms of schedule, you know, work work often tends to expand to fill all available time, and so you know you still have your you still have your eight a.m. meetings and stuff. But what what it really has done is you know you you work at eight a.m. You work till you, till you're done, and now now I'm just not as tired on the weekends. Yeah, it's. I yeah. mean, so so it's it's kind of kind of amazing. Uh, in fact, though, I have an eight a.m. meeting coming up on on Friday that I have to be at headquarters for, and so I'm dusting off. You know, I was wasn't sure if it was going to be for posterity or not. I still have my time to get up series of alarms on my iPhone for for the four o'clock hour that I'm going to dust off uh, on Thursday to to turn on to to get into headquarters uh, for for our for our eight o'clock presentation. So. Now, my schedule, uh, I the commute to the office, you know, I was always fortunate that it was not a real big deal for me to get to the office. It's really close to my house. But the things that I've seen that are major, major schedule differences are, number one, it's very easy to commit to and book about 10 hours a day of just easy pure meeting time because you're like oh sure well i'm gonna be sitting there oh, okay all right yeah i'll be there and you sign up for that the, the things that from a schedule standpoint i've had to start really thinking about and changing are you know, number one you don't you don't just have impromptu conversations for the most part and so oh, i've, I've so had hard. to i've had to kind of create governance around well, v- Victoria and I need to talk about marketing activities once a week. It has to be scheduled. There's a possibility that if we were in the headquarters and she was in the office next to mine, <laughs> that she just would have come over every two days. And there was no need for a scheduled weekly activity. Yeah. Can't do that now. Um, so so I, intentional I, now. Yeah, it has to be it has to be very intentional. So so that's a thing. And then the other one is I I've always known and I I I kind of learned this several years ago where um, I sat through three or four different back to back meetings with um, one of the business group manager back at, at CSCI. And I, I watched him go from one meeting where it was just conversation about something to another one where it was this big problem, multi-million dollar, bottom line impact, stockholder, bad stuff, to somebody coming in wanting to bid a new deal. And he did a very good job of trying to insulate his mind and switch, go compartmentalize mm-hmm. and go from one topic to the next. But – you could tell that it was very difficult that 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 third capture conversation they had was not as optimistic as what he would normally be and something that i used to do in my schedule was i would block d- different emotional types of activities into different parts of the day you know, it's like, hey, if we're going to talk about deals and set a, a capture thing, I'm going to try to put that in the in the beginning of the morning because 
that's at a point where we can talk about it and we can be optimistic and we are fresh and all of that. Things haven't had time to go wrong yet. Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> Mine's still sharp, ready to go, yeah. yeah. And, and if you know That's you're going to have this, here's a program and we are losing money on it and we thought these things were going to happen and this is the problem and we can't get this to fixed. And here's, you know, I'm going to push that you know, into a different block maybe a little bit later yep. in the day. And I would, I would try to group things up that way. And I would also try to get out. I'd go take a walk in Fairfax city in the middle of some stretch of that and go like, okay, I need to like really shift what I'm thinking about and give some thought to this before I walk into it. And the 8 AM, 9 AM, 10 AM, 11, 12, one, two, three, four o'clock scheduled is a problem to have that kind of space to, to think about things, but it also precludes you from getting any of the stuff that was actually written about and said, okay, you need to do these things. I've had to get really <laughs> intentional about, yeah. like I have every day at like 3.30 or something like that, I have something on my calendar where I have to wrap up when people have reached out and sent me a message, I need to respond to it. And if mm -hmm. I'm constantly in meetings, I, it, I I either don't do that. I don't want to be the person that as you're talking to me, I'm staring at my keyboard and you just hear me typing. And then it's like, what? I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I've had to be a lot more intentional just about blocking out time to do things, which I don't feel like was really a big issue with when I, when I, I was you know in the office. Yep. I don't know if it's a new update or not, but Cortana has started looking at my Outlook schedule and sending started sending me email saying, Kevin, you should really consider having some focus time in your calendar. Would you like me to book that for you? No I kidding. Have the same. I Absolutely. Have the same in the last like two weeks, there's something that Microsoft Office does that Outlook will send you if you're collaborating or focusing or like on calls and it'll tell you, hey, you've been on too many calls. Are you sure you're getting enough um, like work done? Uh, yeah, are you sure you don't yeah. need time to actually do work? Yeah. And, and so I, I've honestly, I've only had enough time free in the schedule to use it a couple of times, but, but absolutely, you know, I mean, there was one day, I mean, totally not realistic, but, but it blocked off like two and a half hours of my day as focus time. But I said, sure, let's try that. And it was great. So, it, I mean, showtime is busy. And so I got like an actual hour and a half like carved out of it because of that. And so, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know what kind of a uh, what kind of, of dark magic Microsoft is running with that to, to tell. But it was uh, yeah, it was it was interesting that, that they, you know, are. Know, looking at that and, and recognizing the the required intentionality around that now. I guess I should start paying attention to those Cortana emails. I see right? some of them come in. I'm like, I don't know what Cortana has for me. I don't see right at the end of the tunnel with that, that it'll block off schedule. Time. Yeah, that sounds right? like that could be good. I mean, I was, I, I was like, man, Microsoft is sending me more spam. And I was like all ready to get angry at, at, at the spam that I read. It was like, That's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's right. like a, it's like your personal assistant evaluating your schedule for you, but without well, you know the, the admin cost or anything. It's just a magic yeah. voice. It's like an Alexa for work. <laughs> it's, it's now telling me that my meetings are too long, and are you, you sure you don't want to cut it from an hour to forty-five minutes? 
but uh, and I've done that a few times too. It's like you know, I could probably do that in forty five minutes, and and no one wants to book you on the quarter hour, so that actually gives you fifteen minutes of recovery time. So that's great. And I think if from a tool standpoint, you know, we Teams has been. I think really, really just so much better than Skype. <laughs> so much better. Yeah, because I think I actually look at them as almost just separate categories of product. You know, Sk- Skype was not much more than a video telephone. Mm-hmm. And it had a little bit of functionality beyond that. But our ability to do so many things, we're creating process automated workflows in teams. I mean, we, we just, it, it, it has been phenomenal. Uh, for for our ability to to continue to work, yeah, um, and it also has made me really really appreciate the ability to digitally sign. Like I, we we use DocuSign to, oh, yeah. for for a lot of things, and we have for a long time, and so many little micro decisions that have been made over the years where, you know, three years ago, it was like, why are we still signing paper? Can't we do something different? And that was just out of the pure kind of philosophical, like this should be easier. We shouldn't have to store. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that we did a couple of years ago is uh, we went through and digitized all of the HR files and and migrated to an online HR system uh, because up until a couple years ago, we still had everything in paper. One of the compelling reasons for that is we had storage requirements and we said, look, if we're going to move to a new office, let's not move boxes of paper. We, right. we ought to scan all this stuff and then put it in a system and get a, a, a real system. And, and, and that was one of the drivers there. Um, are there other tools that you guys are using you know, more differently now that we're remote. So I'm going to let Victoria talk about it because she and and uh, another partner of ours introduced me to something called Envision. Oh, yes. Envision is an, is an amazing tool. But before I jump into Envision, okay. another thing that I've used completely differently than I did before was Trello, especially for marketing tools. Working yep. things through the process flow and approval flow is great. Um, especially because you can tag people in it. You can make sure that people are assigned to tasks without having, you know, a video or a meeting about it. You just check in, see, oh, there's my name, and then you just run with it. But to Kevin's point, Envision is basically sitting in a room with a whiteboard without anyone having to request control, but all digital. So essentially, you can leave posted notes for people. You can move around things as you see fit. You can type little messages to each other, highlight things. It's great for design flows because you can change the orientation of everything while other people are watching you do it. It's a complete game changer, especially for work from home kind of tool. So definitely check it out. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, because I when we do uh, proposal solution development, oh, you will that's, love the, it. that's the one thing that I've seen is is difficult. Um, is you yep. end up, I mean, screen sharing PowerPoint and and drawing, and mm-hmm. it, it's not ideal. Um, no, it's, I mean, even to the point where you can make things clickable. I mean, to go from one part of your whiteboard to another. So, like, for example, let's say you're designing column 
low to mid fidelity wireframes and you literally want to be able to go from one part to another, you know, a screen to a screen, it's, it's just in there. <laughs> um, and it has tools to export to other, other collaboration tools. It's, I mean, I don't know how to use it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart like that yet, but I have watched it used and I know I want more of it. Yeah, you can follow people as they're working in the space. You can do like um, Kevin was saying, you can make it clickable. So if you're trying to do a mock-up and try to get gained understanding between, you know, some development people and for the design team, people can go through and go, oh, that's what you meant when you were talking about this process. So or if the questions of I don't know what you're talking about and we can't talk about it in person, it, or, it kind of meets that gap. Or if you're designing like a giant solution diagram that is a yes. combination of uh, like of, of other diagrams that you can blow up to it, you can make it so you can click from each different piece part into the into the exploded version of the diagram. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Victoria, you're gonna have to show Adam it in, in, in a in a yeah. legit way. It's it's a good. Uh, I think I, I in fact I think the entire any proposal uh, uh, solution architect folks should take a look at that because that sure. I'm excited because that's a brand new uh, uh, tool for me that I've seen you know late pandemic for for this so. But a lot of that, so those tools, I think, they tie into a, a couple of things. And, and one is managing remote teams. Mm -hmm. And I think from my perspective, the that intentionality to make sure that everybody's talking and really focusing on a, a place of record where you keep information. Mm -hmm. and and requiring better notes and people to keep their information up to date. Now, frankly, I don't think that's like new because of this. I, I think there's a lot of organizations that <clears throat> when they run tightly around sprints and, and, and user stories and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. they are very much accustomed to that. I would just say that we were not that tightly organized Nope. Prior to the pandemic, you know, it was it didn't have to be. We could all walk into a room. Right. Yeah. We have we bought these giant, beautiful whiteboards, like like entire rooms long to be able to just hash it out. Yeah. So I, I, I think that has um, has certainly changed. But again, I think it's been beneficial for how we operate. And mm -hmm. I think it's more intentional and, and more detailed. Um, I think more so, you know, when I look at real challenges that that I've I've seen, a lot of them have been tactical things. Like it's been really hard for us to get laptops um, now that everybody in the world is working from home. Oh my gosh. Um, and that started early too. Yeah, we we, we went from our supplier, when you just ordered one, they'd say, okay, well, you know, in, in 48 hours, we'll just drop some off at your location. With our configuration that we order, um, we're generally now about six months out. And so we keep a significantly larger stock than we used to yep. and have to be, you know, more intentional about knowing what we, um, knowing what we're, we're, we're going to need, you know, going forward. I think a lot of our, 
lot of our other challenges had, had more to do with scale of growing than necessarily doing things virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they all kind of we had to work around the inability of having a bunch of people in a room and just stopping in. We kind of set our old office up. There were certain you know, contracts and finance were some of them were in a bullpen area and had the ability that was intentional so that they could just like, you know, turn around in their chair and ask a question. And it was very efficient. And we've had to replicate that electronically. Um, Victoria, from your you know perspective, as you, you know, are, are interacting with everybody, as far as being able to communicate and advance the culture of the company and, and I mean, do you feel like we've been able to do that and still be kind of what we've, what it felt like to be at Highlight prior to being here only digitally? I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about trying to, you know, establish and maintain culture while we're virtual. I think it's been a big topic. We've done a really good job of trying to transition that to virtual. I mean, Teams is a great resource for that. We have, you know, our communities of interest and uh, special interest areas where people can just like chat in channels on just like normal outside of work topics or even trying to, you know, progress your career that way too um, and learn about different things you might not be learning about where we used to be able to walk into a room and I think another um, thing people are kind of leaning on is trying to figure out what's going on in industry and what the culture is from a lot more leaning towards LinkedIn and websites and things like that. There's a lot more focus on that, especially when you're evaluating a company for, you know, as a candidate or something like that. Or even looking at at resources like what we're doing right now, talking on a podcast. It's like, what are people talking about? What are they doing? What are they being intentional about? And I think Highlight's done a really good job of trying to maintain that even in the virtual world. So it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, the the, the LinkedIn page is is ever more important when you can't walk into the office and meet people and those kinds of things. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, a couple other things I think as we wrap up here, you know, as far as what we've achieved during the pandemic and Kevin, as you look back on the year, you know, achievement wise, what are, what are the things that you think have been in the achievements that stick out the most? I don't know if I would say that they're the, the biggest or the most important or whatever, but what, sure. what, what accomplishments from the company do you think have been memorable for you? Yeah. Well, so honestly, I, I, I sat on the outside of and so of of the biggest change. So I'm going to let you guys talk about uh, SBA and whatnot, because I'm, I'm sure that that's the biggest or one of the biggest. But for me, what I've seen, honestly, successfully moving us and our customers and our contract staff from five days a week, 8.30 to, to 5.30 on site, five, you know, all the time to what can you do from home to how do you get them set up with Citrix to, to how do you get 600 MacBooks shipped to, you know, Topeka and 27 other uh, locations around the country uh, for our customers to get that set up. I think that was awesome. And then also, I mean, learning how to work and leveraging remote staff all around the country in a more unified way where we are looking at, if I was doing a code challenge or something like that, I I know that pre-COVID, I would have leaned on the DC area folks almost exclusively because 
that's where I am. Right. Right. And now when I'm looking at major bids or, or hard things to do, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm grabbing Victoria from, from California and talking with folks out in St. Louis and, and how you able to do that and people in Boston and all over just bringing everyone together. And so um, I think that that's probably the biggest achievement in terms of opening the aperture of who's available to do what to help our customers what do what they need. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think that's a really big deal. I think the ability to expand how we operated and really change that a lot. Because I, I do think, you know, when you, when you want everybody to show up to an office in Fairfax, Virginia, you are really limiting the number of people that you have a- access to. And it's not just them showing up today. It's also how long are they going to want to show up there? I've talked to at least a couple people that, you know, their their life plans take them to someplace else other than Fairfax, Virginia, and they were going to have to have that. Can I work remotely? And do you think this will work? And working remotely wasn't so much about them before the pandemic. It was a lot about the way we operated and it was difficult. You know, we've had people before that tried to move and you'd forget to dial the phone up so that they could dial into it and you didn't have the tools really we weren't we weren't adept at using the tools to really incorporate them in the best way and and i think being able to switch and have everybody be be remote has been um that's a big accomplishment i think another one is the ability to secure all of this um you know the we went through the CMMC process and and went down the certification path for that because it's going to be a, an evolving requirement basically for for DoD. But we had a decent foundation. Uh, the ISA twenty seven thousand things that we'd done around our IT and securing it was important. Mm-hmm. The, the the fact that we've been able to do all of this and keep it secure and keep all the the connections and the data where it's supposed to be and have data controls on it and flag things that are CUI. I mean, we turned that on early on. We said, hey, look, if we're going to be doing this, we got to make sure that, you know, the HR and finance departments, that somebody doesn't make a mistake and start sending social security numbers unencrypted over email. And so we started to put controls on our IT systems. That never happened. We were in the office because, but the process was HR would walk down to mm-hmm. the finance and with them written on a post-it and when they were done they'd feed it into the shredder what well, that's that that's gone now can't do that um that that's a big one and then i, I think the 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 and uh, kevin you alluded to the sba growth and and some of the other growth in the company i mean we're uh we're a full-on large business now we're in a you know, 200 million dollar plus a year type company and and that's a that's a big accomplishment, but um, I, I think almost more than just the this scale and size of of growing is I think we did the best job that we could, and I'd I'd give us I don't know I don't I, you can never give yourself an A, but I, I think we did a pretty pretty darn good job <laughs> yeah of looking for and understanding a balance between 
we're a growing company and all this is exciting and we have a new project we have to ramp up and you know the the, the country needs support and all of that with the fact that you couldn't you couldn't buy bread for a month and a half and people's kids are out of school and if you needed to go get a, an ID to be able to get on site, it might take you six weeks to be able to do that, or you might not be able to, or, um, you know, all those things that they're, they're intertwined with how you're working. You know, as we were talking earlier today about how, how our personal job experiences were impacted by it. Everybody's was, and I, I think I think we did a, a as good a job as as we could have, um, or close to it, for trying to make sure that we were understanding and 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 looked for ways to be flexible and looked for ways to um, to acknowledge that it wasn't just normal, and that was okay. And we would try to do what we could to accommodate around that. I I, th I think that's really important, and I think there's enough stress that this has caused. Um, you know, it's just it, there, there's there's little hard things. You know, you're trying to take your kid to Girl Scouts, and it's a, it's a remote session, or are you going to do it at a park, and people are wearing masks, and they have to stay away from each other, or whatever it is. And um, you know, so I I think a, a lot of that. Is it, that's probably what I'd point to as as the the biggest accomplishment. It's it's a very, um, you know, more of a qualitative than quantitative metric, but I I feel pretty good about it in retrospect. One of the things you also mentioned is something that we're going to talk about on a an upcoming episode. In the middle of all of this, we've started to do tech challenges. As you were talking about tapping into resources, mm -hmm. you know, just because. COVID is hopefully we're, we're rounding some not kind of a, of a of a corner. Well, my desk's not made out of wood. I don't think so. This table that I took out of that there dumpster, I think it might be just um, plastic, but I'm not sure. <laughs> or I would. But <laughs> I I think that that we're going to continue to operate primarily this way. Yeah. Um, going forward, you know, and we made that decision. You know, when when Victoria said, hey, I can come over, but I'm going to be in California. Is that OK? As soon as you say, yeah, I guess so. Well, then you're not going back to the way you were. Um, we've got a lot of really talented people here, you know, that have joined the team that are not going to work out of, out of out of our office. And uh, I, I think, like you're saying, Kevin, you, you've tapped into people all across the country to support some of these tech challenges. So if anybody hasn't seen them. The tech challenges, instead of the standard request for proposal out of the government where they come out and say, hey, just write to me about how you're going to do this, they have you do whatever that is. So if that's building software, you have to go build software. And it's it's really not easy. I'd only been involved <laughs> in one of them over the over my career and it was really shocking at the time it was about a decade ago and they said okay we want you to come in and actually show us a working prototype of a name check solution oh. uh, <laughs> we are gonna you want give us you, and we're gonna give you names you don't know about to to feed through them yeah and uh -huh. and i remember having like they, they want us to have a prototype really 
that's an that's an evaluation thing, and perhaps it's my my scarring over how that went. Uh, <sighs> you never forget once you've done one. I, I sat in that room and watched some really, really smart technical people after about eight minutes go, oh, no. I'm like, well, <laughs> these next two days are not going to be great. <laughs> so having started from there, Kevin has been leading our, our team to do some tech challenges. And and we've been a part of a couple of them now as a sub, and, and we're running one now as a prime. And, you know, have had some success. In, in, Think good in a, thoughts, everybody. That's right. That's something we're going to talk about on the the next highlight cast about some of our, some of his his tech challenge team uh, about what what that's been like. Uh, Victoria has also been part of that, so she'll be able to provide some thoughts. Uh, so that that'll be coming up. Been an, it's been an interesting thirteen months, um, but. I, I think we're still getting by working digitally. And I, I think like we talked about, there's a lot of positive things that have come from that, that we're going to carry forward. So thanks for listening to the highlight cast uh, to keep up to date with our news and activities here at highlight. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can also visit our website, highlighttech.com. That has two T's in it, highlighttech.com. And you can tune into the next episode where we talk about uh, tech challenges and then our team approach. So thank you very much. And Kevin, thank you, Victoria. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect Highlight Technologies and or any agency of the U.S. government.